Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Julie R., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater today. Overeater. Today is Friday, March 10th. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 13, the second paragraph. There I humbly offer myself. We'll be reading through three paragraphs. Um, our, sorry, our comments will be focused on the fourth paragraph. Today's readers are Stephanie L., Paula D., Mary B. The reference numbers for Thursday, March 9th, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time Meeting, 9707. For Friday, March 10th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Meeting is 9709. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from the compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of the OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Nancy T. to read the 12 steps. Thank you, Julie. My name is Nancy, a compulsive overeater in The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Nancy T. And we'll share and see. Please read the 12 traditions. Star one. Hello. Good morning. This is Sharon C., a compulsive... Recovered Compulsive Overeater from South Jersey. The Twelfth Traditions. 1. Our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. 2. For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 3. The only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. 
Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters accepting, affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever a non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible for, responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than a promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 13, paragraph 2, where I humbly offered myself. We will be reading through three paragraphs ending, but that would be in great measures. The first two paragraphs are read for context only, and comments are focused on the last paragraph read. I will now ask Stephanie L. to begin reading. Hi, this is Stephanie L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Southern California. Thanks, Julie. Um, There I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him to do with him or to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. I ruthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away root and branch. I have not had a drink since. My schoolmate visited me, and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had hurt or or toward whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrong. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. 
I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on my usefulness to others. Then only might I re- expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. And wow, um, this is so powerful. And, you know, especially the part I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. You know, that brings me to one of my favorite um, paragraphs and what I use on a daily basis on the bottom of page 87, where it says, as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves that we are no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, thy will be done. We are then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity, or foolish decisions. And I have to use that, you know, multiple times through the day because, um, you know, I did not know how to live life. I mean, my answer to, um, you know, all of my problems was to binge and numb myself out. And, um, you know, so, so I get abstinent and I'm recovered and now I still have to live life. You know, the food isn't an issue. I've been free of the obsession, but I have to rely on my God, I've got to rely on my higher power. And when I'm upset, I've got to pause and I've got to ask for that right thought and that right action. And then I also love the part here where it says, never was I to pray for myself except as my request bore my usefulness to others. Well, you know, I am an extremely selfish person and, um, you know, I have to let go of that selfishness. And then the crazy thing is, is that, you know, where it says that only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. You know, the more I give, the more I get out of myself, the more of I'm of service to other people, it's how it's so crazy how much I'm giving back, you know? I mean, it's, it's a basic formula, you know? I've got to let go of my old ideas. I've got to be willing to let them go. You know, I've got to listen to that God consciousness inside me And then, you know, when when crap happens and I'm feeling uncomfortable, I've got to turn to my God. I've got to sit quietly and ask, okay, God, what do I do? What would you have me do? I'm uncomfortable. Please show me, you know, show me what you would have and then go be of service. And then, you know, I get to live another day in the sunlight of the spirit versus in the darkness of my disease. And I am forever grateful um, for um, this, uh, for recovery and for my higher power. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Stephanie. And who would like to share on the last paragraph read? Sylvia? Laura? Sylvia? Laura? Leah S. Leah S. Paula? Paula D. Matt M. Brad M. Matt M. Oh, Matt, sorry. <laughs> I'm okay. We're on the, reading the last paragraph read on page 13, ending with, but that would be in great measure, the fourth paragraph. Thank you so okay. much. So let's start with Sylvia F., Laura W., and Leah F. Good morning, uh, Julia. Thank you for your service, and good morning, Visionary. So good to be with you on the line at this hour. Um, this is Sylvia F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in um, in Northern California. 
I still want to say upstate New York, I'm just amazed, and it's been a year. Anyway, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. And, you know, I, what I want to talk about is that, um, you know, I had no common sense. Uh, I had uh, no God thinking. And even when I came into program for a long time, and I could really tell, feel the difference, and I could feel the difference now. And so what it feels like when, I, when it's coming from God and what it feels like when it's coming from me is very, very different. If I'm sure I've got the right answer and uh, I'm kind of speedy and my brain's going real fast and I'm like real excitable or real somewhat agitated, even if I'm sure I have it right, that's not right. That's not me. I mean, that is me. That's not God. So if, if, if I get to a point where I need to make the next right decision or say the next right thing or do the next right thing, and if it if it's calm, it feels I, it feels to me like if I'm I'm kind of rooting around for the for the next thing that I'm supposed to do or say or be, and it's a calm feeling. It's a oh yeah, that's what it is. It is a feeling of serenity, and because when I work with um, my new sponsees, and they say, well, how do you know? You, I do know, I can tell the difference between the agitation in my brain and my brain selling me an idea, which is like never a good idea, and whether it's coming from uh, God. And it doesn't happen right away. And where do we get, you know, where do we get that pause from? And the pause comes from working the steps and slowing down my brain and, and, and getting getting this newfound consciousness with God. That's how it happens. So it's not like I, I do step 11 and suddenly I have the pause. I don't have to say or do something that is going to harm me or others later or I'm going to eat something. It's very, very slow over time where I start to get that next intuitive thought, which is step 11. So once again, it's a process and it does happen. It has happened to me. And if you're still, uh, if you're not recovered yet, it will happen to you. Just work the steps and go to God. With that, I pass. Thank you, Sylvia F. Laura W. followed by Leah S. Thanks, Julie. Hi, everyone. This is Laura W., recovered compulsive eater anorexic in South Jersey. Never was I to pray for myself except as my request bore in my usefulness to others. Then only might I expect to receive. And it reminds me, um, you know, it was shared earlier with the first share that this reminds me of um, what's repeated and at page 86 through 88, which I read every single morning. And, you know, there's a lot of repetition in this book and there's a reason for that because it needs to be drilled into my head that, you know, that I need to do, take these actions. And on 87, it says we're especially, um, we're careful to make no requests for ourselves only. We may ask for ourselves, however, if others will be helped. We're careful never to pray for our own selfish ends. 
many of us have wasted a lot of time doing that and it doesn't work. You can easily see why. And I see why because I'm a selfish and self-centered person when I'm in my disease. Um, but back on 13, when it says, you know, um, common sense would thus become uncommon sense, it's really about, you know, it says in the book also it's not probable that I'm going to be inspired at all times. I'm not always going to have the right thought. Um, however, um, it, it repeats, it, it tells you to go to God every time these thoughts come up. Now, I, you know, I've been recovered for many years now, but I don't always have sane thinking. You know, thank God my actions with my food have been clean. But, you know, this, this talks about um, how, you know, it's bound to happen that common sense would thus become uncommon sense. But, you know, never to pray for myself and it, it, how quickly he goes through this. You know, he goes through these, these um, steps four through nine right away. And it talks about the urgency of, of all of this. And it really, you know, it really is. It's to get through this in order not to just get through the steps because the steps are not the solution. You know, the solution is a relationship with God. The steps, working those steps daily, bring me to that God. And that's what this whole book is about for me. Finding a relationship with a higher power that finally in my life works for me. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Laura W. And Leah S. followed by Paula D. Thank you so much. My name is Leah S. And I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Set my timer. Okay. So common sense becomes uncommon sense. I just want to share a little incident that happened with me. I I was in Montreal on vacation for five days, and everything was going along smoothly. And I wanted to go and visit their grocery store, and I looked around, and... Um, Towards the end, I took a coffee, I took some some other stuff, they had fresh vegetables, whatever, that I wanted. And um, I get to the register, and the guy at the register is like, okay, he's telling me what to pay, and I'm telling him that I have American money, and so, okay. And then he gave me his, the change, and I look at the change, and I'm saying, what is going on here? Something is, I'm, I'm stopping and I'm asking the guy, I'm looking at the receipt, something is, is not right. And the guy is like really upset and he starts yelling. And there's a whole line in, in the back of me, he starts yelling, lady, I gave you your change and just get out of here. And it was like, okay. I took my coffee, I took my bag and my pocketbook and I went out. And as I'm going out, I'm thinking to myself, something is not right. Something is not right. And the God consciousness came into me. And I said to myself, identify your feelings. What is unmanageable in your life right now? What is making you antsy, Leah? What is happening? And, and it hit me. Something is not right with the change. Something is just not right. I got to think about it. And I took out the receipt and I went back into the store and I thought about it and it hit me. And where it says in, in the big book where when you do your amends, whatever, you know, you, you don't pray for yourself, you pray for others. And I was thinking to myself, this program has made me have 
empathy towards other people. This guy is a worker. He is probably under pressure because there's a line ahead of uh, behind me. And that is the reason he probably yelled at me. He didn't yell at me. But what is right? Where is your authenticity, Leia? Where is your correctness? So do what is right. And that's what I did. And I went back around by the register and I looked at the guy and I said to him, I bought these items and I gave you whatever I gave you. And you were supposed to give me change. And you gave me a dollar too much. And I put the dollar down by the register and he looked up to see who's talking to him. And he looked at me and then he just looked at his register and he punched in some numbers and and then he looked at me and he says lady i'm sorry and it, it not not because i wanted to make him feel better or sorry. i wanted my own conscience yeah there's my timer thank you for letting me share hi paula d followed by matt m and thank you julie uh, this would be Paula D. Recovered by and with the grace of God. You know, it starts with I was to test my thinking, not my drinking. We did enough testing with that and my eating and what, wherever it took me. I thought I was taking it. But here I'm going to come over to by, by the new, not known before, God consciousness within. Now, consciousness, when we look at that word, that means awake and aware. Do you see? awake and aware of God within, we were sleeping to it. And then it goes, I was to sit quietly, can I come along here? That's when I knew that I was awake to the God consciousness because I could sit quietly when in doubt. I wasn't running here and there. Let me fix it. Let me do it better. Asking, now look at here, only for directions. Here were humility. When I sat quietly to meet my problems as he would have me. You know, I'm repeating the words, but go below them. Just go underneath them. Find the depth of them, the root of them. Now look at this. Never was I to pray for myself. Wait a minute here. I was always praying for myself. But look at what it says. It gives you an exception here. Accept as my request, born my usefulness to others. Then I could. Then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. May I just take one moment, if I have, and it seems like I've got a little bit of time. I will not abuse it. But we go to the back of the book. Spiritual Experience on 567. What does it say there? It says the term spiritual experience and spiritual awakening. Awaken to I wasn't walking, sleepwalking anymore. But look at what it goes on the next page, 568, if that is not enough. Most of us think this awareness, to be aware, awake, of a power greater than ourselves is the essence of a spiritual experience. Our religious members call it God consciousness. And there the word repeated. Thank you for allowing me this time to share, and with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula D. And Matt M.? Yes, can you hear me, Julie? I can. Thank you. Thank you for your service. Good morning, visionaries. My name is Matt M. I'm a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. 
I've been struggling a lot with the food and getting my own head in the right place where I need to do the work the program, looking for a sponsor. And I realized reading these paragraphs today that I haven't really had the form of surrender, that I think that I have all the answers, that I can force myself into recovery, that if I just uh, force myself in one direction and keep going left and keep going left, you know, that I would get to where I need to go, to the center, and not actually surrender to the process. And what the big book is saying, it's saying, like, never... I have to get out of myself and, and, and think of others and pray for others and also do the right thing for myself, just put the food down, which I'm I'm doing as of today, you know, and I'm surrendering. I already surrendered my meals to God, and uh, I'm taking it one meal at a time, one day at a time. And I love this line, common sense with us become uncommon sense. I never really was good with common sense. I've always been the person that, you know, people told Matt, how come you don't know this? And I say, I don't know. Some things that people take for granted, people know by nature, by their very nature, I don't, I didn't know. I just didn't know how to do certain things, you know, that everybody else seemed to be doing with with, uh, with uh, really ease and comfort, you know. But um, I like the stuff that it's talking about, like, you know, I have to sit quietly when I'm in doubt because I'm in doubt. You know, I'm really struggling. Like I said, I want, I'm, I'm, I'm putting – I put a little bit of weight on, not a lot, but just a few pounds. But still, I don't want to go back to where I was before, 650 pounds, you know. It's very easy to go back there. And I see, like, I see both sides of the scale, you know. And right now, I'm going to follow, I'm trying to follow what this book says. I have to just go through the steps with a sponsor and know what they're doing. I don't care if it's a male or female. I'm looking for a sponsor, and I have to do it right the next right thing just for myself so I can be helpful to others, of service to others, and sponsor eventually. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Just for those who might have just joined us, we are commenting on the fourth paragraph on page 13 that starts with, I was to test my thinking. Who would like to share? Dora, uh, the first, before Melissa C, there was somebody. Dora M. Dora M. Melissa C, and who else? Carrie K. B. Um, let's do that again. Carrie K. B. Mary H. Deborah P. Hold on, Carrie K. B. Mary H. And who was after Mary H? Deborah P. Hmm. Deborah K. Maybe. As in Paul. Got it. Okay, let's start with that. So let's go with Dora M. followed by Melissa C. Okay. Thank you, Julie, for your service, and and uh, thank you everybody for being on the line. And um, my name is Dora M. from Maine. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I love this paragraph and. <clears throat> More than just the paragraph, I love the um, idea behind it, the process. And with Bill's story, he just, you know, the way that it's written just takes me right from the beginning to the end and summarizes what we see in the rest of the book. And I, too, you know, read the pages, um, well, I, I go 84 to 88 um, on a daily basis, and um, it talks about the pausing when when I was when I'm in doubt and asking for direction and strength to meet my problems as He would have me, not what's my um, what my twisted little mind would would have me, but as as my God would have me, as my higher power would direct me, and I find that the more I practice that. Because it's it's not something that that came to me all at once. You know, it's it's a process, and it grows. It, um, you know, I think it talks about that 
you know, the more that we do it, the the more we're going to be, yeah, what used to be the hunch of the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. And I have found that to be my case is, is the more I practice the pausing, praying, and pondering, the more I can do it automatically. It amazes me when it automatically comes. And I believe that, that my higher power shows me what he would have me see. And I'm forever grateful for that. And I have received in great measure um, blessings from my higher power. And and it's due to this program and its guidance to that higher power. So with that, I pass. Thank you for letting me share. Have a lovely day, everyone. Thank you, Dora M. Melissa C., followed by Sherry K.B. Hi. Good morning. It's Melissa C., recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, when when I read um, to test my thinking, um, I always ran everything um, by my thoughts. You know, I thought that I would use my thoughts to test situations. You know, I relied on on my logic. And, um, you know, one of my discoveries when I put the food down um, was um, my thoughts are not my friend. You know, that I'm a compulsive thinker and, um, and usually um, my thoughts are really all about myself, you know. And so I, I test, you know, my thinking now by my new way of being, you know, what used to be my knee-jerk reaction, which is usually self-preserving and self-serving, um, has now been replaced by a pause and a reflection, and I attempt to invite God into all my decisions, you know. And I, I used to kind of reject God entirely or, or only call on him to jump in and save me from a current painful problem. You know, I wanted rescuing, um, not necessarily comfort, you know, I wanted my way, not necessarily acceptance. You know, I, I didn't want direction and strength. I wanted to give the directions and then muscle the strength to force others or even reality, you know, or myself to make the vision that I had dreamed up in my thoughts come true, you know, and, and of course this is ineffective, you know, of course this kept me in bondage to the food. You know, the more I focused on getting my way, um, the more enslaved I was to my thoughts, you know, and this new way of being, it really is the personality change that, that we speak of. It's what we're promised, you know, it's what we evolved to become, um, you know, other centered, useful. And with this as my, you know, as my central focus, I, I receive in great measure, you know, um, and so what do I receive? You know, not my way. You know, that's not what I'm promised. But I receive peace, purpose, meaning, you know, and ultimately freedom. Um, it, it seems like crazy when you're um, really stuck on a, on a problem or a situation to let it go, you know, to, to divorce my thinking from what I want um, and that that really gives me freedom, but it does. You know, and it's um, and when I'm free like this, um, I'm useful, and I have relief from the bondage of food. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. 
Thank you, Melissa C. Sherry KB, followed by Mary H. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thanks for your service, Julie. Um, this is a powerful paragraph. Um, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. So what it, to me, testing means for me to practice uh, a new way of thinking, uh, not the way Sherry thought, not Sherry-centered, but God-centered, and that the common sense that I used to have, especially when I was in my disease, would completely change. It would become uncommon because my common sense would be to go to God directly to ask what to do. And when I didn't know what to do, I could sit quietly, when in doubt, and asking for direction and strength for me to meet my problems as he would have me. And asking means, I've been told that every time I see the word asking means to pray, to pray for that. And this is teaching me and us how to pray. This is what this is about. This is uh, clear-cut directions on how to pray as well as it is step 11. And um, and I was never to pray for my own selfish ends, basically. Um, and I pray to be useful. And this is what I've learned in my experience of, since I've been doing this work, is that, you know, on page 45 it talks about that God will solve all our problems. So when I have problems... I, I immediately go be useful. And when I'm being useful to help someone else, I really believe God gets in there and clears out all my problems like a vacuum cleaner while I'm busy being useful. And then I, I get reconnected and I get to solve my problems through God's help. And I have seen that over and over and over again, um, experienced that. And that is so different than the way I used to think because when my thinking was so distorted because I was in the food. Um, I definitely wasn't God conscious when I was in the food. When I'm out of the food and I'm abstinent, um, it's amazing how God comes into my life a lot more. Um, yesterday I was at a brand new job. I was in an area where I could not get cellular coverage, <clears throat> and I <clears throat> pardon me, and I needed to do a ten step, and I couldn't call anybody, um, and I wanted to do it immediately, and. Um, it was in a, I was in a small area um, with the person I was working with, and, you know, I just, in my head, I said, okay, God, it's you and me. I need to solve this. I need to do a 10-step right here, right now. And, you know, I just went through, you know, looking at where was I selfish, dishonest, self-seeking, and afraid. I um, asked myself, where did I get the ball rolling? And, you know, I resolutely asked to have it removed. I turned around, and I became useful to the person that was actually disturbing me. And that was magical to me. And it was just a miracle that I could do that right then, right there, and talk about changing common sense. Because my old common sense would be get disturbed, get away from the person, find a place to go eat. And boy, has that changed for me. Thank you so much, and that I pass. Thank you, Sherry KB. Mary H., followed by Deborah P. Julie, did you call me, Mary H.? I did. Oh, so when I unmute myself, I guess we're all, we're all silenced. I don't know where I am. Anyway, Mary H., recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Um. We have a strong Northern California contingent. I love it. Uh, so what I was thinking of, I have an example of this common sense that does become uncommon sense, which when I 
would read that, I think, well, who has the common sense? Do I have it? Or do I have the uncommon sense? Or does God give me uncommon sense? And I was just overthinking it. And I had a situation where my husband was out of work. And, um, uh, yeah, you can imagine I was became very fearful. And I was um, in recovery, but I hadn't really practiced a whole lot, my God consciousness. And I was fearful for you know, financial reasons and for our marriage, for, you know, I was just panicking. And my common sense would be, okay, I got to take charge. I got to get this guy back working and, you know, get his resume going, doing all this stuff, right? And he didn't want me to do any of that. And that freaked me out even more. And I realized... Um, you know, and so I started nagging him. All the ugly, ugly stuff started coming up because of my fear and all sorts of other character defects. So I, I remember reading this paragraph and going, okay, time to test this. Do something totally different, Mary. How about you do the opposite of what you think you should do right now? And And that, that was the message that, God was giving me, and I said, okay, 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 fine, because what I'm doing is not working because he's not getting a job. So what would piss me off the most is I'd come home and he'd be napping, and I'd want to put a pillow over his head and kill him because I was, you know, you can't nap when you're looking for work. So what I did instead is I would walk in, I'd see him napping, and I'd put a blanket over him and walk out. Or or maybe I wouldn't even go in the room and I would just let him nap. And and I just kept with these actions of the opposite. You know, when I was angry with him, I'd go, okay, no, you know what? I love you. I love you and we're going to be okay. And I don't know how, but I'm just going to do the opposite of everything. <laughs> anyway, that was how kind of I put this uncommon sense and common sense. Just do something totally different than what I normally do that has to do with being love, loving and tolerant. And um, I didn't set my timer, so I think I'll just wrap up. I think I have a sense of three minutes now after doing this for so long. And uh, yeah, that's where I'll end. Thanks for listening. Pass. Thank you. Thank you, Mary H. Deborah P., you're next. Hello, this is Deborah P., Compulsive Overeater. Um, great to be here today. And I am focusing on this, never was I to pray for myself except as my request bore on my usefulness to others. Um, I'm going to meditate on that today. That's that's. Um, I think that's sort of when people talk about this magical program, I think that's part of what really is sort of magical. Um, I came to this program, I had a higher power, I thought I was all set, it was me and my higher power, and I cannot say that I have been useful to others in my life. I've been focused on myself, I've got some medical conditions, it can be all-consuming, and I can get in my little pity pot and be like, God, you know, please help me, help me, help me, help me, and frankly, that doesn't really that's not where I should be focusing because even with my medical stuff I could be reaching out to others that have those problems so I'm gonna I'm gonna be praying this a lot um I was at a meeting speaking and just talk you know I'm very new at this I've just started this journey 
and I shared a very small victory. I mean, well, to me, it was a huge victory. It was, you know, just sharing how I had this situation where I would have immediately eaten, and I realized that I did not have that compulsion suddenly, and it was just like, wow. And this woman comes up to me, and she's just like, oh, my gosh, can I share that with my son? You know, he's addicted to drugs, and and I was just like, I had no idea, you know, I didn't even know if it made sense to anyone, and I was, that got me through the next 24 hours. I mean, it was just like, wow, I helped someone just by sharing my story. So a lot of this program, I think it is really reaching out to others, you know, even when, you know, we're in our own stuff and, you know, that's, that's going to be my focus for, for the next week at least, or for the, the rest of this journey. So thank you very much. With that, I pass. Thank you very much, Deborah P. And I'd like to just sneak in for a second. This is Julie R. Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Northern California. Uh, I was to test my new God consciousness within. So what is that? Well, that's that authentic Julie melded in with her creator. Because before, my thinking, self-will, ego, grandiosity led to manipulation, dishonesty, morbid obesity. What's in it for me? Um, even though on the outside I was always helpful, but on the inside it's like, okay, how is this going to make me look? It was not God consciousness at all because I didn't even know that I could tap into a power greater than myself because I was so um, into self or fear. And then it, was, it says that common sense would thus become uncommon sense. You know, I struggled with that for so long, but it just makes, now I get it. It's like I wake up, I tap in, I sit quietly, and I ask for direction. It's not the Julie show. And I ask God every morning to direct my thinking because left on my own devices, I am really not a very nice person. Um, so I have to be rooted and grounded into that power. You know, yeah, the food is down. I never have thoughts. Thank you, God. Um, I don't struggle with that. I'm at goal weight, blah, blah, blah. But it's those things that happen in everyday life that set you off, right? That's why we do that 10 step that we learn later on. So it talks about um, to sit quietly, ask for direction to meet my problems that he would have me be. Not the problems that I think I have. What kind of problems does God think I need to take care of? So is it because I want to run the production meeting? Is it because I want to run the engineering notebook meeting? Whatever. Not that I might say, oh, I want you to help me work on this. No, no, I got to ask God, what do you want me to work on? Never was I to pray for myself, except if it was going to be helpful. I used to wake up with, God, don't let me be uh, angry. God, don't let me be um, controlling. No, that's not what this is talking about. Is how can I be of usefulness to others? So, and I can't come up with that because when I try to lead my life, it's a destruction. It's a, I leave a chaotic mess. So, it's exciting for me. And do I forget this sometimes? You bet. But, you know, it's like that boomerang. It'll come back around. You know, I'll have three days of a character defect. And it's like, yikes. Um, so today, you know, I, I get to do that. I want to do that. I tap into that because um, I do have a new God consciousness within me. Not, It's not something I have to go grab and bring to Julie. It's 
in me, leaving, breathing, and alive. So uh, with that, I'll pass. Who else would like to share on this wonderful paragraph? Kathleen O. Hello. Kathleen O, I believe, and then Deanne. I did not get your last initial. F, like Frank. F, like Frank. Okay. Kathleen O, and then Deanne F. Martha S. Good morning, Julia. This is Kathleen O. Great. Go ahead. In California. Am I okay to go? You are. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) So common sense would thus become uncommon sense. And, you know, I always prided myself in having a lot of common sense. Well, what that translated to was me playing God and thinking that I knew it was better for other people. And, you know, if they would listen to me, their problems would all be solved. So truly, my common sense did become uncommon sense because, as I've heard on this line, I don't need to apply for the God job. It's already been filled. Um, I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction. And this has saved me so often. Um, you know, I, I don't need to control. And when I stop controlling and just ask God for direction, most of the time, the direction is to keep my mouth shut. And if someone asks me my opinion, I will give it once. And if they don't, I just keep my mouth shut. Um, but even direction in, you know, problems I'm having with myself, um, if I just sit quietly and ask for direction, I'll get the answer eventually. I don't always get it on my time frame, but I get it. And, and you know, this, the part in the big book that says we'll be amazed before we're halfway through, the miracles that, that have happened, you know, even in making amends um, and being willing to do that, there were some that I thought, no way am I going to do this. And, you know, I was asked, can you be willing to be willing? And I said, yes, I can be willing to be willing. And, and it was definitely a God thing because situations would come up where I would come across these people and um, be able to make the amends. And every time I made an amends, it's like taking a hundred pounds off, you know, my shoulders. I think a lot of us come in with certain different amounts of weight to lose, but I think most of us come in with, you know, hundreds of pounds between the ears that we need to lose. And and that is really the gift of this program. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kathleen O. Deanne F., you're next. Hi. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. Hi, Julie. This is Deanne F. in New York. Um, and a friend just suggested that I come on the line. Thank you, God, for this meeting, um, because reading this paragraph just reminds me I am actually presently sitting in a surgical waiting room. Uh, my son is um, having sinus surgery today, and he's in there right now. Um, he's 19. He'll be 20 tomorrow. Um, and this is, um, this is, this is powerlessness. Um, and this is uh, having a call from a sponsee, a former sponsee this morning to talk about her mother that um, is, is receiving cancer treatment. Um, and that is the beauty of this program is that, um, you know, I can actually be there for other people, you know, even in the midst of, 
um, of what's going on, you know, in my life and that I must trust my higher power, um, that it will be his will. Um, but this is really, this is love in action. This is the way this program works. Um, and I'm just incredibly grateful that, you know, this 10 o'clock meeting exists because I, I am praying for all of you. Um, and, uh, I would appreciate your prayers as well. So thank you very much. And I'm so grateful to be recovered today or in recovery today. Excuse me. Thank you. And I passed. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. I believe I heard a Sarit L. If you're on, if you're on the line. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay, go it ahead. It is a Sarit L. Yeah, it's okay. Yes. Um, I was to test my Sarit L from Montreal, and I want to share briefly on, on this sentence. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. And so prior to my recovery, my thinking took me to places where if I was resentful at 9 a.m., my resentment was obsessive. Just like my mental obsession was obsessive with the food, my resentment grew and grew and grew so that I was holding a grudge and angry and sulking and ignoring the whole day and affecting other people. Now, my solution in the step 10 is that when I have a resentment at 9 a.m., I don't carry it through the day and wait to talk it through in an 11 step at night. But I move aside and I test my thinking. I test God. I give it to him. I learn my part. And in working through the step 10, I give it over, give over my character defects that I've discovered. And I'm free once I resolutely turn my thoughts to someone that I can help. I am free the rest of the day. I am happy, joyous, and free the rest of the day. I'm not living in these defects of character the rest of the day. So my common sense, as a result, thus becomes uncommon sense because that's not the life that I'm living anymore. I am living in the opposites of those defects of character. And I, I then have a chance to live um, and give my family, my friends, a different me. And... Um, but that's just the beauty of this program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Suri L. And Martha S., you are next. Okay, I, maybe she's... Martha S. didn't know I was on the, on the queue. I'm sorry, I'm here now. That's Thank okay. You. I heard your name, but I wasn't quite sure. So, yes, go ahead. All right. So I lost the page, uh, page 13. Martha S., Recovered Compulsive Eater from Upstate New York. This is my first time on the 10 o'clock meeting, and I'm very happy to be here. So I've been recovered for about two years, and it was the sitting quietly when in doubt, the pausing part of step 11 they talk about in later pages that I found most challenging. Um, When I started step 11, I would do the nightly inventory and the morning prayer and and meditation, but it was the pausing throughout the day whenever I felt agitated or in doubt 
to ask for the right thought or action that I found um, most most challenging. And I so every morning I still continue to ask my higher power to help me help me uh, notice. Please help me notice when I'm agitated or doubtful, because agitation is resentment and doubt is fear. Please help me notice so then I can immediately ask you to remove my character defects that are coming up um, and turn my attention to the right thought or action. And as someone else mentioned, then I can do a 10-step, even if it's as quick as saying, God, please remove my selfishness. Uh, you know, it could be a really quick one. If, it's, if the thought is hanging in there and it's something I'm still chewing on, then I definitely, for myself, I definitely need to do a written inventory and share it with my, I have a 10-step buddy as part of a 10-step train and share it with them uh, out loud as doing a step five and then turn step six and seven to ask my higher power to remove those defects and then, of course, turn my attention to someone I can help and make amends if I need to make them. So anyway, that pausing, what I wanted to say was the part of step 11 that that, that um, did not come easily to me because it was in the middle of the day when I could so easily be caught up in myself, my self-will. Um, and I think that's all I have for now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Martha S. And we do have time for um, another share. Anybody like to share? Hi, this is Carol Kay. Carol Kay, go ahead. Okay, thanks for letting me share. Um, you know, before I came into this program, I always depended on me. You know, um, my God was food. and um, But I always relied on myself and other people, you know, to do me favors, so-called favors. And, you know, if they didn't do things my way, you know, of course I got resentment against them. And also, the only time I ever prayed like, I always knew that there was some kind of God, but I, I never really cared. I never paid attention unless there was a tragedy in my family. And if there was something tragic, I dropped to my knees. I started praying. And then when it didn't turn out the way I wanted to, I had a resentment against God. So I was walking around before I got recovered. I was walking around, and I was resentful toward everybody, everything in my entire life. That's how I lived. I was miserable. And I felt so lonely, and I, here I am with seven kids, my sister living with me, she lived with me through my whole marriage, and my husband. And I felt alone because of, my, because of this addiction and my behaviors who wanted to be around me. Yes, everybody loved me, but they didn't want to be near me. I didn't want to be near me. So with all this said, today being recovered, um, the only one I depend on is God, and I do depend on my doctors for medical issues. But in reality... I depend on God. That's, that's, God is first and utmost. And today, instead of being so selfish and just using God for my own needs, because that's what I did. Today, I pray for others. And I, the only time I pray for myself is if it is going to help someone else. Um, and uh, today, I love God instead of using him. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much for letting me take your share. Yes, thank you, Carol Kay. It is now time to close our meeting. Thank you to everyone who has shared. 
We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Paula D. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. This would be Paula D. Recovered by and with the grace of God. And an opportunity here to read, beginning with our. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. <laughs>